DJ, take it away. I, I am. I will. Um, with that being said, now we are going to jump into the heavy hitter. All right. We are going to talk about the current state of the console slash platform wars. So we actually, um, you know, started talking a little bit before we started recording. And we we were hitting on some pretty salient notes, as I like to say. Um, so what I want to do is I have these numbers about, you know, console selling and all that stuff. We're going to skip that. We, we, we just need to talk about. What is the current tactics being displayed by the big three, big three being Nintendo, Microsoft, and PlayStation, in order to stay profitable during this whole uh, console war thing that's that's happening? So, Shimbo, I believe when we stopped talking, you had mentioned a... Because we we were were essentially talking about um, Take-Two's GTA being essentially the queen on this giant chessboard, right? Like, if you have Take-Two, you essentially have... You essentially win the console war. Right, right. So, Shimbo, you had a... uh, You had an idea. I'm I'm calling it a prophecy because this is um, Endgame in terms of who you think would be able to purchase Take-Two. Right. You know, if the idea that the console war is won by either Microsoft or Sony purchasing Take-Two Interactive, the probable thing, the thing no one is thinking about is the idea that the purchaser may not be either company, but rather Meta, better known as Facebook. Facebook, in creating their brand new metaverse, they're going to need developers who are really adept at building social worlds on a construct, and I think that you take a look at how the cities are built in Grand Theft Auto and the way in which people can move in and around the cities, buy property, exist in property, Meta will look at this and say, hey, we need to integrate this into what it is that we're trying to do. Because unlike games like Warzone, Call of Duty, where you could put up billboards and have marketing devices and, and you know show things off, in a city, a modernized city, people can go into stores or do things and they can spend real world currency in game and then get goods and services. And that the gamification of day to day commerce in a world where you can also have some action here and there, right. that's going to be very attractive. And I think that if neither Sony or Microsoft make that move because of regulation, they have to wait between purchases. Facebook Meta could be the company that comes in, buys this, and changes the entire thing. Because what we do know about Meta, Facebook, is this. They don't buy products. They don't buy applications so that they can continue to sell them under their name. I think Oculus is the only one that you can kind of say does that. But, you know, that's all been hollowed out, and that's Facebook. Yeah. So and it I stands believe, the reason they that... Changed the name. I, think, I think they changed the name of Oculus to, like, Meta Oculus or something. I know they stuck meta in there somewhere. Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So while the idea of Grand Theft Auto will exist because it's, it's very powerful IP, the game, I believe, will be hollowed out and reconfigured to fit more of a metaverse world and a metaverse yeah. feel. And that I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, and that's the progression of gaming as a whole. I agree with you. I don't... It's like... As someone who's a casual Grand Theft Auto fan, and when I say that, that means like I the only Grand Theft Auto I've ever played and beaten was GTA 5. 
I played the other Grand Theft Autos, but that's only me as like a 13 year old trying to get five stars and rampaging with cheats. So like, I never really cared about any of the story or anything they were doing there. But I played Grand Theft Auto Five and thought the story was pretty good and everything like that. So to that point, I don't see the issue with a company like Meta acquiring Grand Theft Auto for the Grand Theft Auto Online. Specifically, in a world where one of the things you talked about earlier was that like, if they took on Take Two, they would break that company up, and they oh, keep for sure. Which means that the other points of parts of Take Two that I actually do care about can be picked up. Will be probably stay in the sphere of gaming, and will probably be way more affordable for other companies within the scene to pick up and make content with. Yeah, yeah, I, that's yeah. a good point. But there, there's there's a trade-off here because we're, we've spent all our time talking about how Meta would like drool all over the Grand Theft Auto IP. But then what happens to Red Dead Revolver and, and the, that the Western Redemption. universe, GTA Horsey? What happens to that? Because you can farm that off to another developer, but I can promise you it'll never be as good. The game would, in effect, be dead. As a person who was on the cast when we reviewed that game. I am perfectly fine then putting that game in the stable, locking that door, and burning that goddamn burn down to the ground. Someone who wasn't, someone who wasn't even on the podcast when that game came out and was reviewed. I also agree with that bullshit statement that DJ just said (laughs) because I think the 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 strength of Red Dead uh, Redemption Two will be intensified if that's the final note, and they moved on. Yeah, but yeah, like. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm being, you know, funny. Like, the game was a good game. Like, Arthur Morgan was a great character, X, Y, and Z. But, yeah, like, that is a good question in terms of what happens to Red Dead. But I also, I feel like because, it de- I guess it depends on how Meta treats Grand Theft Auto, right? Because if they are going at that game for its parts, then that means that Rockstar themselves aren't necessarily needed, Right, because you're just Rockstar is dead as is. I mean, honestly, think about it for a second. The two prestige offerings, GTA and Red Dead, games that have not had new iterations in the last three to four years. They're living pretty much online at this point. Right. Rockstar still produces games, but think about Rockstar, the group, the organization, the type of games they were putting out even ten years ago, where you had the Manhunt series. You had mm. L.A. Noir, which, let's be honest, that is a beautiful game that we will never see its likes ever again because the company... No, for a lot of reasons, all, You know, they're dead, too. But <laughs> the fact that Take-Two, but by extension Rockstar, put what I consider to be actual works of art, playable works of art, and they were fresh and they were funny and they were controversial, that doesn't exist now. Rockstar would never publish a title like Manhunt. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean that's that's the nature of being a AAA studio, though. Like we see that in a lot of places. Like we see that Activision was desperately trying to do that with Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, and uh, Treyarch in terms of like this is going to be a Call of Duty house. Like we just want Call of Duty. We don't need any other uh, your little your little creative ideas. No, no, no. We're we're doing just Call of Duty. But like because game development is so expensive they have to have sure bets and i think take two was just the canary in the coal mine in a way of like for sure, for sure. Oh, this is just this was going to happen yeah 
I think also to that point that when we talk about Rockstar and their output and we talk about their like greatest achievement of games, it's from the Rockstar proper group who are making the uh, Grand Theft Auto games entirely. So like I'm of the mindset that the minute the sale for Take Two goes out and an organization like Meta will come to hollow out Take Two for the parts they want, that the last creative leads from Rockstar would leave. Well, sure, but would they be needed? Well, they wouldn't be needed, which means we live in a world where if they still want to make games, it'd be super easy, especially in this world where we're seeing triple A indie groups form like hotcakes every other week. It'd be super easy for them to then go out and make the same more interesting and provocative works of art under different banners with probably a bit more freedom because they're no longer shackled to this has to be a Grand Theft Auto or this has to be a Red Dead. Right. Like, look at Kojima. Yeah. Like, he got shit canned by Konami. He left there and then he started his new studio, made Death Stranding. That was great. And now he's working on a project with Xbox. Like, I definitely see that being a thing that could happen for the more notable directors and game designers. So, like, that's definitely a, a possibility. And if that happens, it's good for the industry. Absolutely. absolutely. It's absolutely good for the industry. And, and you know what? We're talking about something right now that no one is publicly saying is even a, a, an eventuality. But yeah. what we've also just done is explain how, A, it can happen, mm-hmm. B, how the bleeding would be very minimal, and the birth of the metaverse would be steeped heavily in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But now, actually, like, good. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to say, like, you know, looking at that, but then taking two steps back, I think that's a very interesting thing for, you know, Meta to do. But I think it, it, it you know, of course, it will affect Sony and Microsoft in their pockets, but I don't think it necessarily changes the dynamics between the two companies. No, in fact, no, like, it doesn't. Right. So let's bring it back to the idea that the console war would be won. Mm-hmm. If Take Two went to either Sony or Microsoft, and the idea that well we're not going to you know Grand Theft Auto would never go exclusive because we got mm-hmm. Game Pass so on and so forth. So I looked at some of the numbers. Now here's what we know for a fact: it is more expensive to produce the Xbox Series X than it has been for the PlayStation Five, oh, at really? least prior to the pandemic. So. The idea was always, if we're moving into next gen, and I believe that this is last gen, these consoles that we are looking at right now are the the final consoles for like side to side scrolling. You think so? I think so. I think the next big console release will be something that is wholly virtual. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something that finally drives virtual gaming into an experience that is going to take people away from the console. I mean, we've been we've been saying that for years now. Like, I think PS. Well, yeah, I've been saying that for years. Y'all been shouting me down. <laughs> but understand this: what I'm saying is that it's not that it's going to kill those two machines. I just think that these two machines are going to have the longest life oh, okay, of all okay. the consoles. Yeah. Okay. I can I can see what yeah, I see what you. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So what basically what I'm trying to say is that this is the hardware that we're going to be stuck with for now into the future. So. Yes, it absolutely behooves mm-hmm. Microsoft to recoup their money trying to finally compete with PlayStation. 
mm. with hardware. Now they have to do it with the software. And as much as we don't think that this is a good for the industry, making them take a AAA title exclusive is not only important for Microsoft, but it's going to be the only thing that ever helps them sell the kind of consoles they need to then, by extension, sell more game passes. And I don't think it's but, such a hard idea. Look at some of the major groundbreaking titles that Sony has taken exclusive, you know, immediately. It's part of the reason why Sony is so successful. So Microsoft really hasn't had the, the, the IP to do that with in a way that really strikes a blow. Yeah. My, Microsoft I, is more so a software company than a hardware company to which PlayStation proactively made sure those games that they produced were locked behind consoles. But in this situation, I think there's a halfway point into what you're saying. I don't believe that they're going to make the Overwatch um, Warzone, oh, sorry, Call of Duty. I don't think they're going to make them exclusive to Xbox, like solely because of the nature of this purchase and how those games existed outside of Microsoft before the purchase. Like, I think in order for this to go through, they need to abide by what the FTC is going to probably say is like, you can do things like uh, make content exclusive to your platform, certain parts of the content, be it maybe single player or timed releases. But a full-blown locking out of the Sony ecosystem from Call of Duty just doesn't seem feasible right now because 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 of where Microsoft is placed in the hierarchy. They're number three. Like it's not like they're fucking Facebook coming in at number zero or number ten. If Facebook were to do that, then man, there's there there would be a little bit of a case if you know Facebook had a delivery system for these applications, which they don't, which which they will. They technically do. It's called Oculus. Yeah, yeah, sure. Grand Theft Auto Oculus, I'm down for it. But, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's too big. It's just too big. I mean, like, like, there's going to be a situation where I truly believe Call of Duty will be available via Game Pass, which makes it more compelling to play it on Xbox for the casual, you know, purchaser, the casual video gamer. But for it to just be locked behind the, um, the Xbox ecosystem, I just don't see that right now. I, so I, I let's look, well, I want to let me put this in so that you can specifically respond to it. So let's talk about the half measure because one of the things that you can do, what's already happening, is that you separate once and for all. You separate your story gaming from your online gaming, and so campaign missions can absolutely be one hundred percent exclusive. And that will move the needle. Uh, That's actually what I was saying. That's compelling. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. Uh, before I get to Jordan's part, I just want to say, based entirely on my observance of the Call of Duty ecosystem in regards to the type of people who play it, I don't think single player is going to move the needle in regards to Call of Duty sales. And then what I was going to say earlier to Jordan, I... Uh, now it's a little bit confused, I, I apologize, but in regards to uh, hardware, I think with the proliferation of Game Pass and what Microsoft wants to do with Game Pass, they have given up the ghost in regards to hardware. I don't think, like, they're going to keep putting out hardware because they still want to have a space in the industry as a first party. But in regards to 
where they see Game Pass, like the Game Pass numbers will never reflect the numbers of our Xbox consoles. In fact, in the future that Xbox wants, Game Pass should eclipse the totality. It's at 25 million right now. It's 25 Game million Pass. users right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That's the, the point I'm trying to make. Because uh, uh, I think Shimbo was alluding to them fighting on Call of Duty, bring uh, to the Xbox ecosystem, would uh, bring up the console sales. And for me, I don't think that's where they see any value and interest in. What they see value and interest is, is in Game Pass, and their game plans to get Game Pass everywhere. When xCloud works perfectly fine, and the ecosystem for like online gaming has perfected to where hey, I'm in the first world, I live in a upper middle class uh, house, I have pretty good internet, but I can tell you mm-hmm. for the longest time, if Sean was here, he could also tell you that my internet was garbage. Like we would play Apex and I would be teleporting across the map and I have good internet. So asking me to then play all my games from the cloud is always going to be a no-go for me. Well, it's like, always like- going to be. But when the internet infrastructure gets better, Microsoft is imagining a world where you buy a Panasonic TV and either Game Pass is built into its OS or they have a tiny dongle that they can just plug in like a uh, Amazon Fire Stick and has access to xCloud and Game Pass and that's you there. I mean, the, the ultimate holy grail for them would be to get Game Pass on both PlayStation and Nintendo. And I think that would only work in a world where they give up the ghost entirely on consoles, especially when both Sony is now pushing their Spartacus system. We're not pushing it now, but we've heard about what it is. That would really (laughs) cause some interesting, like, cross-section of issues with Game Pass in regards to content being on either platform and them competing against each other now directly via these means. And I do think that until the cloud gets better, I don't think... Yeah, Game Pass isn't just cloud because PS Now is cloud. I mean, a, a, a good amount of PS Now cloud. They they have improved it to which you can download. But, but that's, that's yeah, the thing. Is, Do you yeah. like? I don't believe that there's going to be a future Game Pass on either one of those consoles where it's a download version. In especially in the case of the Switch. Yeah, everything that you're saying, I guess for me, looking at it from a business pragmatist standpoint, the goal in a capitalistic company that's set up with capitalism as their ethos is to be number one. Right. They now have the tools at hand. They've paid for them to become number one. They can destroy Sony literally at any time if they chose to go exclusive. Because here's what will happen. If I want to play that game, I'm going to take the barrier away from me to play that game. If a barrier is created, and you know how I know this has happened, because you just look at the NFL. The NFL has blackouts. That's millions of dollars that they are giving up because they want to have better control of their product. So if Microsoft is buying all the pieces to run the show the way that they would want to run it, Every day that they don't take everything exclusive is a gift. It's a free gift to the consumer because they don't have to do it. And if they do it the way they want to, yeah, there'll be some turbulence. But if you can only play my game using my machine and my game pass, you're going to make the choice to do it or you just stop playing games. Well, like I just want to respond to that directly. Microsoft is a company capable of tremendous disruption across all types of technology. 
They can go into the space race. They can go into the airplanes. They can go into water purification. They have the capital to disrupt multiple industries, including gaming. They could feasibly, if there were no rules, usurp the entire video game industry with cash alone. But they cannot do that. Like there are laws in place to which they cannot just take over like that. Yeah, there are laws, but they also you know, need consumer so- confidence. And you build it not by being draconian, but by doing something that feeds into an entire sphere, an ecosphere of gaming. So, of course, that's why they haven't taken anything private. But I can tell you, if they look at the number sheet and they say, either we're going to make a choice to continue to produce consoles or not produce consoles. If the consoles are no longer necessary and they move everything to Game Pass, that may be even worse for Sony because they don't have the networks to compete. They don't have the network infrastructure to compete. Okay, so two things. They have taken things exclusive. All the Bethesda content going forward, it's Microsoft only. The only reason we're getting games like Deathloop and Ghostwire is because Microsoft before Fire. the Microsoft deal thing happened, Sony had already made deals with those people going forward. The confusion about Call of Duty going forward was because that PlayStation had marketing deals with Call of Duty set, uh, as far as we know, for the next three years, which is where Microsoft had to come out and then clarify, hey, we're going to honor these deals. Also, we're going to keep going forward with PlayStation and I think to that point, they spent $69 billion on this platform. From a long game, making everything exclusive from the minute they bought that would have made perfect sense. But it would take them so long Longer to recruit too. that money, especially yeah. since they just cut out, conservatively, maybe 40% of the player base from both of those franchises. Which means they would have to build them up going further and then you never know what could happen if in a world where call of duty is not dominating on every console that something might come up that is multi-platform and take that space so it's one of those things where uh the financials don't don't rock the boat yeah if like you don't spend 69 billion to then ruin call of duty's mojo with the idea that we're still in the skirmishes of this of this fight war yeah yeah, yeah, acquisition war I also wanted to add on to this is that, yes, right now, Call of Duty is the biggest thing since sliced bread. It's number one and two. Well, not but sliced bread, not... toasted bread. Come on, man. Get your... I said sliced bread, not bread and butter. I said sliced bread, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you also have to remember that, you know, in one time before in history, Halo was the biggest thing. And mm-hmm. Halo was exclusive. And, like, everyone was playing Halo X, Y, and Z. And then... Call of Duty kind of came out. I mean, Call of Duty was out, but it wasn't as popular yeah, well, as Halo like, was. Like 2007 was a banger year. Halo 3 and Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare yeah. came out, and that, right, was, right. that was a changeover. Right. And the thing is, Modern Warfare, that was cross-platform. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cross-platform. It was on every platform. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah, on your phone? Not, not cross-platform. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, but like, PC yeah. is still Microsoft at the end of the day. Because Sony yeah. got out of the PC game. So yeah. when Sony stopped putting out the VIOs, their time in PC gaming was done. You can still buy a VIO if you watch a James Bond film. <laughs> the only place you see those fuckers is <laughs> James Bond films. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, it is one of those things where like, because when, when, when the whole deal went through with Activision and, and Microsoft, I mm-hmm. was on the side of like, it would make sense. They're spending so much money that they would keep same here. multi-platform yeah same here. just to make sure they get that money back 
And I think, you know, there's two sides to it. There is the side of like, yes, they have to get that money back. But there's also the side of, well, if they keep it multi-platform, more than likely the SEC is going to be like, okay, well, we'll, we'll allow this to, to bang on because, you know, you're not completely closing out a portion of gamers, that sort of stuff. So, like, Call of Duty isn't, I mean, Call of Duty is a factor in terms of that money is going to be going to Microsoft now, but it's not really a factor in terms of closing people out of of the game. So, in my mind, I think the race becomes Game Pass versus the PS5 console. And, and Luna. PlayStation. And Stadia. Well, well, maybe not Stadia. Stadia, Game of the Ghost. Stadia is very much dead. Are, yeah. What about the titles that aren't? one and two on PlayStation. So what no one has actually questioned or thought about is, you know, what if Microsoft then decides to go buy EA? Well, I would, I would hope to God they don't do that. We've entertained those conversations and to talk to an earlier conversation, I'm of the mindset. This is me, Avery Williams as a personal person, not Avery Williams, the pseudo analyst on this podcast, trying to figure out what's going on with this oh, game. you're not pseudo. You uh, it's, it's, it's pseudo. I don't have, no, it's pseudo. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's uh, cor- corporate acquisitions in that, mm-hmm. in that vein are disgusting to me. Like in terms of mm-hmm. just like the, Buying the whole thing. Buying the yeah. whole thing outright yeah. is just yeah. like th- that much money being spent is just kind of sickening to me, especially when there's no prior like relationship. working relationship that makes the relationship make sense. Like, like if someone told me that Sony was buying Capcom or Square Enix, that would that make sense, sense to me because those two companies for the last five to ten years have been working together, making exclusive content as well as stuff on other platforms that makes sense but in a world where bethesda was making two exclusive games for playstation and then microsoft bought them like i don't know maybe a little sick to the summit but there's activision and then microsoft spends that much money i'm like oh that doesn't feel right and to qualify something i didn't get to say when we talk about the bungee thing i also kind of felt sick to my stomach about the bungee thing because i couldn't tell what type of acquisition this was going to be based on the way it was like brought out to me now in the retrospect it seems to be a partnership based entirely on services to make playstation games better which i i can see and understand but to get to my earlier point about the ea thing with the amount of money microsoft is fucking around with they can 100 percent make that decision the question becomes then at what point does it become too much and that's from mm-hmm. both a law yeah. and antitrust standpoint and then uh, two, from a console war standpoint, because I'm of the mindset, if Microsoft makes one more large acquisition, the race is kind of dead because they would have fundamentally like 50 something studios of varying quality, all making games exclusively yeah. for Game Pass as a platform where I or alternately Sony can then start paying attention to Nintendo and just create a product that lives inherently within them meaning sony has done this over the years you know find the the path within gaming that they can do better than anyone else and that might come from a certain type of acquisition so just like i don't think bungie's that acquisition i'll be honest about that because bungie couldn't make a game better than halo just made another good game that people glommed on to because they had a good community oh but destiny was fine 
I mean, not, I, I, maybe I, not, I, not, I, not I, Halo I'm not 1, really 2, 3, like fine. Not, like, not that successful, but I mean, it, it, was, it was still there. Motherfuckers were shocked about the new gas service shit. I'm, I'm just saying fine. that Halo 4 came out solely made by the 343, the successes of Bungie. Bungie oh, made good. Destiny. And and Destiny set the world on fire. So I'm. Yeah. Well, no, it didn't set the world on fire. I mean, a lot of people were mad, excited about it because of their work on. on we Halo. were all playing Destiny. Yes, we were. But we yes. we, we played for five hours. We're like, holy shit! There's more guardians. I thought I was hey, playing one. Hey, hey, Jordan. Hey, Jordan. <laughs> what uh, what 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 DLC did you just uh did you just pick up for? Huh? I bought Witch Queen because I have friends. <laughs> say DJ, other than you. They play Destiny. Did you get the DLC for Halo? <laughs> there is no DLC. There, there is no DLC. Wait, wait, where's this conversation going? I don't know. Exactly. No, shut Leave me alone. No, uh, continue. <laughs> no, so essentially what we're looking at is that Sony will have to look at their purchases from a more strategic standpoint. There's a lot of things in motion that Sony as a whole. Sony is going to be getting out of the movie making business. So whether they sell, yeah, they're getting out. They're getting it. So, That's their bread and butter. They make so much money off of that shit. Sony Pictures has been quietly for sale for about four years now. Well, then, then Disney's going to buy it then if that's the case. Um, at this point, <laughs> in terms of production, outside of what they're doing with the Marvel properties, the only moneymaker they have at this point is Spider-Man. And that is a licensing deal that only lives with Sony. So... As Sony, Sony can sell based on the valuation of Sony Pictures, based on the money they've gotten from Spider-Man, that makes them more attractive for sale. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because I've looked into this. The minute Sony Pictures tries to sell, they lose Spider-Man, aka the biggest. That's what I was. That's what I was saying. Is that the 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 rights revert, but they can use that for the valuation of Sony, and and right now. Sony has something that's more valuable than the PlayStation department than their, department. Their, their catalog of films. That's why Apple has been Apple right now is one and two with Amazon. Amazon bought MGM, so they are not looking to to purchase Sony Pictures at this time, the Columbia backlog. Apple, however, does want to make that purchase, but they know that they're not getting Spider-Man as a part of it. So that's not the issue. Mm. But the thing is, is that that Columbia back catalog is very very valuable and sony can very much take the proceeds from that sale and make a big gigantic purchase that could change the face of gaming for playstation so i think the best way to look at this because i'm i'm calling this the end of the console wars not just because one's going to win over the other but because we're moving to the metaverse and the metaverse and in uh, in terms of uh, virtual technology and and the way that that plays out in our daily lives it's not just playing the game anymore it's the gamification of our life societal gamification it's going to be a games of service but it's real life <laughs> scary shit it, it's frightening so i think the best path in order for the console wars to end is for them to evolve into a new ecosystem where some of your hardcore gaming is now handled by microsoft Nintendo handles things from a more childlike perspective, more safe family-based gaming. <laughs> Fucking babies. And then you have, you know, <laughs> something in the middle where yeah. Sony can build something based on virtual worlds or whatever they want to do that's going to be based on, you know, cornering the market on one type of gaming. I know. So Sony's going to keep on leading the charge of, like, first-party bangers, like, when it comes to, like, 
the big stories like that is still theirs and which is yeah. still a main driver of video gaming like the god of wars the horizons and so what if that that's the, how the ecosystem changes and, you know where microsoft is now the competitive league bait you know all the competition happens over at microsoft the world building you know expansive storytelling happens at sony that's an ecosystem that can live to where all of a sudden it's not the number one console and two in my house but now I need to have all three consoles because they all provide a different experience, an expansive. It just feels like, it just feels like your your explanations is moving the Cold War to a different country. Like it's like a proxy war type thing. Like the status quo is still I mean, there. I, I think in in Chimbo's um, example, that really only works if like Google just buys everything and just we're ending it. We, we own everything now. But like I think. When it really, really comes down to it, the console war, the console war kind of needs to happen, right? Or it kind of needs to 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 propagate itself because when you have yeah, this kind of inbred competition, that creates what what in, what inbred competition? Oh, inbred! You don't like the word inbred, Jordan? Uh, I mean, like, there's, there's, other, there's other adjectives, yeah. other adverbs you can use, but sure. Inbred. Oh, yeah. Okay. When, when you when you have this this level of competition, like that breeds like Sony wanting to produce, I don't know, like Last of Us, right? We're going to make this exclusive. We're going to make this yeah, like innovation. a showstopper. Yeah, yeah. And like I, that, all that stuff kind of pushes technology forward. Yeah. And that's the things that we want. To that point, DJ, the only reason we're getting this, I guess, extended period of that Sony's focus is first party, single player, like game of the year IPs is because there was a period of time where all Microsoft needed to do was release three games and their console was a multi-platform machine. And like, there was nothing Sony could do because they fucked up and made their console $600 at launch. And so Sony's strategy was, I right, Gears of War is the only game that's gonna come out in 20, like fucking 13, no, 2011. 20, 2011. And then Sony, here's 20 games all first parties, they're going to come out this year. None of them did the Mummers and Gears of War, but that created a, a bunch of verticals of studios that evolved outwards to, like, where we go now. Agreed. The Last of Us, Shima, all that stuff. Yeah. Shimbo's point about having all three consoles in your house, I think that ghost disappeared the minute both of these companies, both Microsoft and Sony, got in bed with PC gaming in the way that they did. And then that's not even talking about uh, uh, the future of Game Pass and where that exists. And what I still think is Microsoft's like end goal with that service, where it's going to probably be if Sony continues down the path, I think they're going to, which is they have more like you bring up the Sony picture thing of just selling it for the Columbia, like backlog and thing like that to another studio. I just completely didn't think of, but like, in terms of like actual monetary surplus that they could have to rival what a 69 billion purchase from Microsoft, that is entirely something that is 100% feasible to happen and would instantly give them the bargaining power to make a take two purchase or make more purchases to compete with what Microsoft is doing. But in my head, what's going to end up happening is we're going to live in a world where People can have a Switch or whatever future Nintendo console is there for Nintendo first-party games. People are going to have either whatever is the main PlayStation console or a gaming PC capable of running PlayStation games and or an Xbox and or a television that's capable of playing either war. 
I think we've got to a space where the the realm of having all three consoles just to play everything like I've always had my entire life has sort of phased out in terms of like what a core gamer is going to do. The casual gamer is going to buy one and then hear good things about the other and maybe down the line get one. I will never do anything about it. Yeah, I'm saying that like for the hardcore gamer, I think if you give them a reason to have three machines, they will have three machines. And the way that you do that is this sort of like parting of the ways where, you know, it would be very beneficial for Sony to buy take two. It's more beneficial for Sony to buy take two than it is for Microsoft. In fact, if Sony took Grand Theft Auto exclusive, it would be problematic, but I don't know that it would be fatal. Microsoft might be responding in kind. I feel like if that happens, that's definitely going to be antitrust. I, I agree 100% on that. However, it depends on what the nature of Grand Theft Auto Online is. Mm. If Grand Theft Auto Online continues perpetually as a shared experience that all platforms are capable of playing it can do, I see no reason why Grand Theft Auto 6 couldn't be an exclusive piece of content as long as GTA Online propagates onwards. Right, and then, well, I think you know what you're, you're seeing now from the, the Activision Blizzard stuff and that's why I believe you could see Overwatch 2 become exclusive out of the blue because they said that Overwatch was going to exist even beyond Overwatch 2. So yeah, it could I mean, just be, you could have this, but the new stuff is over here. I think the, the problem, though, is there, okay, there's, there's two sides to this, right? There's the capitalist, the, the, the money-making side as to why you make these decisions, but then there's the actual games themselves and the player base. So... I feel like when it comes to multiplayer games, right now it is a better sense to just have the games be multi-platform themselves and then figure out a way of making it more enticing to to play that game on Xbox. And I think that's what's going to happen with Call of Duty, right? Because we know that they're already going to go multi-platform, but we don't know exactly what their marketing strategy is in terms of how are we going to transition people from PlayStation to Xbox while they're playing Call of Duty on their PlayStation? Because that's going to be the goal. But I think at the end of this, the hidden third wheel in the car is Nintendo. And I kind of feel like when it comes to the console wars, we always think Microsoft versus PlayStation, and no one really gives Nintendo any kind of seat in the room. Other than the fact that, yeah, you know, Mario, 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 Mario. That, but I, DJ, that, I was, def- that was intentional. They, Nintendo did that to themselves. Like, one of their older executives said, like, it's a third ocean strategy. They said they don't want to compete with Microsoft and PlayStation directly. Yeah. They're yeah, still technical no, but- competitors, but in terms of strategy, they're, they're, they're doing their own little weird, weird thing. If that's what kept them alive. Yeah, no, yeah. But what I'm saying, though, I think that is an ingenious strategy. Because they have removed themselves from the conversation, it's just a conversation of comparing their games directly to PlayStation or Xbox, but their games are still great. Those games are still selling, and Nintendo is in no fear of anything. Like, they're, they're floating on their war chest of money. <laughs> this is what Good. it kills me to this day, because if Sega had only followed Nintendo's oh. idea... Sega would still be alive. Sega was moving too fast with Sonic. They should have slowed him down. Sega's one of those companies that might be acquired soon. Right, but it's like, 
it's it's like a meaningless purchase. You're purchasing IP rights at this point. But Sega, as we knew them, have been dead for quite some time. Well, that's not meaningless at all in that Sega made the smart decision to buy Atlas at the time. And Atlas oh, is now yeah, a part yeah. of Sega. And Atlas is the, the, they're the Persona team. And like there is a tremendous amount of value in not Persona. Just, not just the Persona team. There's another game that Sega owns that's equally, if Sonic. not more Sonic important. Team Sonic, right? No, not Sonic. <laughs> He's talking about Yakuza. Yakuza. And I would argue that Yakuza is going through a renaissance right now. Fucking love that game. <laughs> but as someone who played the original Yakuza on PlayStation 2, like, ages ago. Oh, yeah, different. Like, like the renaissance of Yakuza is way different than the, yeah, like, yeah. the, the, the esteem of Persona. It just, oh, it just well, yeah, killed yeah. me because it's like, if I had a time machine, I would go back and say to them in a board meeting, do not compete with Sony. Compete with Nintendo. Mm. You can beat Nintendo. You can compete with Nintendo. Yeah, okay, you can compete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, compete with them. You can compete with Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I consider it a beating in so much that I think that if they had followed that, if they had mm. done that, because they had the hardware, the Dreamcast is an amazing yeah, it was, machine. It was yeah. And it is honestly the godfather of online gaming mm-hmm. in terms of console online gaming, right? Right. And just a little bit more development into that would have made it a world beater. Remember, the, the Dreamcast network was still alive mm-hmm. until after the PlayStation 2 had come out. Right. It had survived. And it had thrived. So, as as a person who just like really shitted on the Dreamcast just because it was in competition with the PlayStation, and I was a child back then, and it's like, nah, you, you're not gonna go after my king. Like, how dare you? Like, Dreamcast <laughs> was awesome. Like, it was it was so ahead of its time. Its games was really cool. Just at Radio, like, still one of my favorite two, IPs. Two of like, the strongest strongest um 3D Sonic games, Adventure One and Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Fantastic machine that was hampered by the fact that, oh, we need third party developers to think about it now. They weren't buying the developers back then, so the developers got to rule the world and said, you know, you go where we go or you go nowhere. Mm-hmm. If Sega had just pulled their money, held back just a little bit, they could have made at least one AAA purchase that would have helped them maintain relevance going into the future. They were in a much better position than Nintendo was with the GameCube. And we don't talk about it because Sega had to give up. They had to, you know, they had to cede their position and, you know, cede everything that made Sega great. And now, you know, it's largely memories and good development teams. But when they backed out of the console wars, which I felt was too late. If you're going to back out, back out after Genesis. Leave on a high note. Mm. You know... Or if you thought that Sega CD failed, and it did, even though, ironically, look, everybody followed what Sega was doing. Sega put out disc-based console gaming first, then it was followed by PlayStation. You know, every innovation of the Dreamcast, followed by other people. It's just, they suffered from being too early and not having third-party developers willing to risk to make that machine the number one machine. They went for the easy money, and I don't blame them. That's true. Okay, so we have we have gone 
super long for this, but it was a great conversation. So we will just end this with the question. We'll just go round robin. Who do you think will be the victor in this generation's, I guess, console war? It doesn't even have to be, you know, Nintendo, Microsoft, or or PlayStation. It could be Bandai with their Gundam, you know. Boy, if you don't get, you never know. <laughs> so we'll we'll start with Shimbo. Who you think who you think could possibly take it this this generation? I think Microsoft can do it. Uh, I I really think we can't have this conversation anymore until after we get out of the the back end of the pandemic. We have to see what mm-hmm. production numbers are like, and then we have to see how these machines are competing with the IP. Once they're available, we're, we're having arguments over a console war where there are no guns available. Like yeah. we're, 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 we're just playing with ideas and memories. And at this point, until we get consoles in hand, we'll never see how great the games can really be. So that right. the word of mouth, because the casual gamer is the one that's being left out now because they don't have games to play. They don't have consoles to buy, so they can't play the games and they can't weigh in. So for now i think it's status quo i think while it was easy to say that the console war was won by such a major purchase because we don't see the fallout because there's no games to play another couple years we'll we'll see but i think that once we get past that and then i question this and i leave this to you what if we get to the point in the console war where we've had to wait because of supply chain issues because of the pandemic that by the time we're on the other end of this then you have microsoft saying Look what Oculus is coming out with now, and it is the killer app. It's the one Facebook Facebook is saying. Well, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, through uh, Facebook is saying that Oculus now is fully functional. This version of Oculus is going to be the one that puts all consoles down. We don't know, but Mm. I can tell you this: Nintendo will survive. (laughs) That's true, Uh, Jordan. Uh, the consumer wins. That's my answer now. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing about PlayStation. PlayStation is a company that knows how to adapt. Um, back when the PS3 and Xbox 360 were a thing, there was a time where Xbox 360 was supreme, but it ended with PlayStation on top. And they went into the PS4 generation fairly strong with a cheaper console, a more powerful console than the Xbox One that was geared straightly towards gaming. Uh, Microsoft left the Xbox One PS3 generation uh, on their back foot, and Mm. they had to throw the bank at improving their image. Uh, We're buying developers, you know, we're we're making, quote unquote, the most powerful console. And the main driver of Xbox's strategy is Game Pass. Now, what I would say is, what indicator are you using? Because if you're using the indicator of console sales, then PlayStation will surely win. Hell, if you use the indicator of subscriptions, PlayStation Plus has way more subscribers than Game Pass right now. They have like 50 million subscribers. Mm. It's going to take a longer period of time to usurp PlayStation. It can't be done within a year. And that same PlayStation is not going to continue to evolve because these types of moves can be negative towards Microsoft because of how active and adaptive PlayStation is in video gaming so in terms of a winner i don't know i don't know who the winner is going to be but playstation is still very strong and at the same time they are in fact getting competition from xbox but xbox has a lot more to do to use her playstation right now yeah okay avery okay 
It's very good that Jordan brought up the Xbox 360 PS3 uh, point about those two consoles and their sales, because I feel like we're in a sea change right now. If Xbox goes its current path, as someone who doesn't give a shit about Game Pass and you'd have to pay me money to get it, uh, I cannot deny its inherent value now with the Activision purchase upon that. And when no, all... Just 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 little taste. Just a little... I've, one I've, had, Jordan, Jordan, I've had Game Pass on two separate occasions. I know. Two we separate occasions. And <laughs> both of them were like, I, I, just, I just can't be arsed for this. But mm-hmm. uh, I will say if Microsoft goes down its current path, the 40 plus studios it's currently working with, if they can all put out quality content of at least a seven minimum, like they will win out the end of this console generation. So by the next console seat change, we'll see the shift where it's Microsoft now in lead and it's PlayStation on the back foot having to adapt and change policies in order to compete with them. That's if Microsoft stays in that current path and PlayStation doesn't really respond. If PlayStation responds, I think it's going to be status quo, business as usual, and we're going to end the generation at them being neck and neck equal. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I, unless they're making the what Shimbo has prophesied big decision of let's just get rid of our film division, guys, and <laughs> use Fuck all that, man. use all that <laughs> capital to make PlayStation like not just have the best games, but have the most best games. Then yeah. let's go then, all in. Yeah, if they go all in, then we're going to still, I don't think anything's going to change. So it's like there are three paths we can go down. It just depends on the two platform holders who, to make the savvy business decisions to go down them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think when I look at all of this, or I hear all of this, I just think of the, what is it? it it's, it's one of the, the memes of, there's two people fighting and then there's a third person that's just watching eating like a sandwich or something. And I feel like the two people <laughs> fighting, of course, is PlayStation and, and, and Xbox. And then Nintendo is just sitting there just eating their, their, their chicken sandwich. And it's just like, look at those two just, just fight over nothing. They don't even got Mario. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, this could be PlayStation or Microsoft win, but I don't know, man. It's Nintendo has been looked at as the other for so long, yet they still are successful. They still sell through everything. Like they don't bother putting any of their games on sale because they don't need to do that. Because if you're gonna buy the game, you're gonna buy the game. Like I don't know. It. it I, I'm also. I'm. I'm. I'm undecided. Like I don't. I don't know who's going to win this. Nintendo's more exclusive than anyone else. I mean, let's be honest. They're far more exclusive than either Sony or Microsoft at this point. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't really play with anyone. (laughs) Like they don't even play with their consumers. (laughs) So it's yeah. I don't know. It's I, I I don't know. I just I fear that the the winner of this could be someone outside the big three i i don't want that to happen i don't want you know a google to come in and and actually start just throwing real money around and start picking people up like i don't i don't want any of that so in in that regard like we just gotta remember that microsoft used to be that google at a certain point and then they enter the industry do a bunch of money build the xbox ate some shit on the xbox got to the 360 built a shit ton of money on the 360, and now we're here where we are now. Uh, and to your Nintendo point, I agree that 
Nintendo will always win at the end of the day because the other two are fighting <laughs> over each other. Yeah. But what's always going to keep Nintendo in number three is that their decision to make consoles that just underperform. Yeah. Like, and- easy to make, too. Easy to make, very accessible, and easy to purchase. Like, yeah. 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 So and Easy to purchase. My- so you know what? Maybe their console is underpowered, but if I want to buy a Switch today, I can go get a Switch today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think just to just to, to wrap this all up, I think when it comes to Nintendo, as I said earlier, I think the fact that the Steam Deck is going to be a contributing factor to them really considering what technology yeah. they put in the next Switch or the next whatever console they make. Because it might not be a handheld, but they make next. But like And at that point I can buy a Switch and finally play Bayonetta two <laughs> and three. I'm not buying this current Switch. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the next Switch for those two games. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, knowing Nintendo, you buy the next Switch and you'd still have to yeah. rebuy <laughs> Beta 2 and 3 yeah. for those new consoles anyway. That is uh, true. Okay. So that has been our heavy hitter. Oof. And, and it was heavy, boy. It was. So this has been a crazy and great episode of Press X to Start podcast with our guest Shimbo. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it and having the conversation about who will be in our living rooms for the next few years. Console-wise, not people. That's I guess kind of creepy. Um, don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcasting app. There's whatever you got on your phone. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel, which is ours. If you just want to see, you know, what we look like in person, because, you know, you just want to see more of us, you can go on our website at pressxnumber2start.com. Um, you're just going to see the, the same banner image, but, you know, you can also go to our Instagram, you know, do whatever you want to do. With that being said, we hope that you have a great day. You take care. And Shimbo, where can they go to see your content again? Uh, neverdawned.net. It's under construction but hell there's still plenty of things to see read look at plenty of stuff more to come awesome cool all right you uh take care and you be safe peace out